Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of the Acne Podcast. Today we'll be discussing the different types of acne as well as how they form. First of all, how does acne develop? When one enters into puberty, the first thing that happens is the production of sex hormones known as androgens. Androgens specifically for males known as testosterone and in females, a sex hormone known as estrogen. Females have both testosterone and estrogen and the levels of testosterone in both boys and girls during the onset of puberty stimulates the oil glands, also known as the sebaceous glands. When these oil glands become active, you will find that certain parts of your skin gets greasier. For example, the T-zone of your face, your forehead, nose and chin, as well as the chest and back. The process of acne starts with inflammation and it is noteworthy that not everyone will develop acne at the onset of puberty. The reason is that one requires the specific genetic makeup for these androgens or sex hormones to bind to certain receptors in the skin. When there is a family history of acne, one is much more likely to develop it during the onset of puberty. This causes inflammation to start underneath the skin in the deeper layers. They are formed as micro-whiteheads, specifically known as microcomedons, which then rise to the top of the skin, to the surface, in two weeks to a month before it finally appears on your skin as either a visible whitehead or blackhead. Is it true that your pores are actually getting blocked or clogged in this process? The answer is both a yes and a no. Yes, because you have to to be, first of all, genetically predisposed to the development of acne to even experience the phenomenon of your pores being blocked. This process is that of inflammation, which causes skin to trap bits of dead skin. Dead skin accumulates as debris, combining with it excess oil and grime to form whiteheads and blackheads. At the same time, the answer to this question is also a no, because there are individuals who produce oil at the onset of puberty, but lack the genetic tendency to develop acne. Hence, they do not find their pores getting blocked at all. Another commonly asked question is if acne is caused by bacteria or if 
it is contagious. Those who suffer from acne, and also those who don't, all have a type of bacteria known on their skin as Propionibacterium acnes, also renamed as Cutibacterium. However, we find that individuals who develop acne are colonized with this bacteria, meaning that they have far higher levels of P. acnes on their skin compared to those who do not. That being said, acne itself is not contagious, and while there is a bacteria. That is involved in the process. The root cause of it is actually one's genetic makeup. If you find yourself being frustrated because your friend doesn't have acne while、well, you do, then let me try to shed some light on this. It may seem unfair, but truly there is nothing to be ashamed about, because. It is the very same genetic makeup that makes up what you are as an individual, and we all know that we want to be different from one another because that is what makes us unique. Research has also curiously shown that individuals who suffer from acne. Also, tend to age much better than their counterparts who do not suffer from acne. This is because those who suffer from acne tend to have greasier skin, more active oil glands, and the overall sebum production helps to moisturize the skin. This means that when one grows older. This sebum helps to preserve the skin's elasticity, and this contributes to the appearance of increased facial fullness when one grows older. Besides, the purpose of my podcast is really to let you know that while acne can be very distressing. It's also one hundred percent treatable. In this next segment, we're going into the factors that are known to trigger off acne. We've talked about genetics earlier, and have attributed it to the root cause of acne. However, there are actually many other factors that contribute. To acne flare-ups, and these very often are factors that can be controlled. The excess oil production that accompanies acne is known as seborrhea. Sometimes, seborrhea may be due to the use of inappropriate skincare. And by inappropriate, you may intuitively think that we're referring to overly gentle cleansers or oil cream-based cleansers that、uh, do nothing to cleanse the skin thoroughly of this accumulation of sebum, dirt, and grime. 
However, we are not talking about that. I am specifically referring to cleansers formulated for oily skin that contain very strong lathering agents, also known as astringents, that result in the skin being stripped of its natural protective moisture barrier, along with this excess sebum that one may be very troubled by. So here's a good tip. If your cleanser leaves your skin feeling squeaky clean, it is very likely a sign that it is too drying and may result in a condition known as reactive seborrhea, causing your skin to produce even more oil. You may find it helpful to switch to a lotion or a serum-based moisturizer Rather than a cream formula when it comes to skincare, um, as a cream contains much more oil. So when it comes to evaluating the phenomenon of an excessively oily complexion, there are two essential steps of skincare that one ought to examine. Firstly, um, the use of overly harsh cleansers that disturb the skin's natural ability to regulate oil production. And secondly, a genuine uh, mistake in using oil or cream-based moisturizers, especially in a humid environment. If you live in a tropical climate, for example, uh, it can exacerbate this dysregulation of sebum production, because in the case of the latter, uh, you are literally applying more grease on your skin. Diet is actually an often overlooked aspect of acne care um, and is one that has garnered increasing levels of evidence in terms of medical research and scientific literature. So, what we know is that consuming dairy, chocolate, foods which are high in saturated fat, um, as well as foods with high glycemic index, can increase the body's tendency to inflammation. Whereas in contrast, a diet that is rich in plant-based antioxidants and, uh, for example, olive oil, which counteracts inflammation, ends up being beneficial not just for your skin, but also for the entire body by counteracting the inflammation process responsible not just for inflammation in the case of acne, but also inflammation that relates to the process of aging itself. Delving right into the topic here on the various types of acne, we begin with whiteheads. Before one tries to understand what whiteheads are, uh, I want to revisit a commonly described term known as closed pimples uh, or blind pimples. So blind pimples are colloquially perceived as pimples without a head. 
Individuals who are just starting to develop acne、uh, often notice that they have mainly white heads and black heads,、uh, which are referred to as closed comedones and open comedones, respectively. So the reason why、um, this terminology exists is quite straightforward. When they are open, this signifies that. Uh, there is a tract that leads to the surface of the skin, essentially a connection, and this explains why you can see the blackhead at the top surface of your skin. When they are closed, there is no visible connection or tract to the surface of the skin.、Um, essentially, one does not see the obvious opening. So the pimple may feel like it's being hidden. So it then seems intuitive to ask if one can squeeze your whiteheads, aka your hidden pimples, out. Many people think that by squeezing, pricking, or extracting to remove the whiteheads,、uh, you can essentially help the pimple by creating an opening through which it can extrude its contents. From a dermatologist's perspective, this is not a good idea, as it introduces bacterial infections and can cause inflammatory scarring. So, inflammatory scarring is a type of scar that occurs、uh, from damage to skin tissues. It starts with post-inflammation redness, known as post-inflammatory erythema, which then progresses to post-inflammation hyperpigmentation, which is darkening of the skin. So. When one temporarily removes the underlying debris in the whitehead、uh, that you are squeezing or picking,、um, this will、uh, undoubtedly cause scarring and introduce bacteria. And this actually can be the reason why a deeper cyst forms. This also does not solve the underlying problem here. Your genetics causing inflammation, which is primarily responsible for acne development. So while we cannot change our own genetics,、um, a much better plan、uh, to remove the whitehead is one that doesn't involve physical trauma to the skin. Traumatizing your skin in any way increases the risk of getting skin infections. As you may have heard of before, acne can be worsened by bacteria. So it is easy to understand how picking your skin is a surefire way to cause your acne to get worse, ultimately leading to more inflammation and scarring when you develop a deep cyst. So what? Ought one to do when it comes to getting rid of whiteheads? First of all, if you just have a couple of them, using a gentle cleanser formulated with antibacterial properties, by maintaining good hygiene,、um, as well as the use of an over-the-counter pimple cream, all these can 
help in terms of alleviating the whiteheads. So traditional over-the-counter pimple creams contain salicylic acid, benzoyl peroxide, or sulfur, which work for mild acne. However, if you should develop skin irritation, you should stop the cream. The reason is that these traditional pimple creams work by drying up your skin, based on the rather outdated theory that acne is caused principally by excess oil production. When it comes to prescription acne creams, your dermatologist may prescribe a retinoid, um, and these work by regulating the shedding of dead skin cells on the surface of skin, as well as oil gland activity, um, and are actually rather effective against whiteheads and blackheads. Benzoyl peroxide is a common ingredient in over-the-counter pimple creams. It is good that we talk about the various concentrations which are used uh, and sold in our drugstores um, and what they mean. So the commonest concentrations uh, range from 2.55 uh, up to 10%, um, and some formulations go up to even 40 or 60%. My personal experience uh, with patients who have used uh, benzoyl peroxide is that it is extremely drying for their skin. It can even give rise to the issue of oily dehydrated skin common in acne sufferers who use drying topicals like benzoyl peroxide for spot treatment. My personal preference for these anti-acne formulas are those derived from botanical extracts. Rather than just drying the surface of your skin with uh, chemical synthetics um, of salicylic acid, benzoyl peroxide, uh, sulfur, the newer acne products uh, utilize anti-inflammatory plant extracts. The blemish spot cream, for instance, uh, from our pharmacy is a spot acne treatment that incorporates an algae extract, chlorella vulgaris. Chlorella is an interesting uh, ingredient. Um, it is a form of marine algae that has been shown to inhibit oil gland activity and it also works with amino acids that function as natural moisturizing factors uh, to heal acne blemishes and reduce scarring. It helps to reduce inflammation, uh, which, as we've covered in the earlier part of this podcast, is the one thing that leads to scarring. And we are, in the case of uh, deeper acne cysts, worried about indented dermal scars, uh, which are difficult to treat. It is important to note that if you want your pimple to heal well, and uh, with minimal scars that you also consider applying a serum or a light moisturizer that uh, also contains 
these natural moisturizing factors that skin inherently makes for itself. Uh, but in in this case, when you're suffering from a, a blemish, you would want to optimize the skin microenvironment with these nutrients or micronutrients that facilitate the healing of your blemish. So these natural moisturizing factors can include amino acids, polyglutamic acid, and uh, what is very well known, of course, is hyaluronic acid. So these essentially are moisturizing formulas that are mostly formulated without grease or uh, i.e. in a cream formula uh, and so it will not just help your skin heal well um, but to also help to create an ideal microenvironment that hopefully aids in sebum regulation. So uh, in this aspect, if you've already tried these methods, then you may need to visit a dermatologist for prescription medication, uh, which are essentially all antibiotics um, as the first line to reduce uh, inflammation that is driven by your genetics. You may be wondering now what actually happens at the visit. So a dermatologist would first uh, begin with an evaluation to determine if you have comedonal acne. If you have so-called fungal acne, which is essentially an acne-like rash or an eruption that affects the hairline, the chest, and the back, uh, know that that is actually not true acne, but is due to a yeast known as Melanesia furfa, uh, which causes a condition that is known as pityosporum folliculitis. So this is actually one of the first conditions that must be distinguished from a true acne condition and in the context of what we've discussed, comedonal acne. So um, if you have fungal folliculitis, your dermatologist will be prescribing you antifungal shampoos and creams uh, with or without the uh, acne medication, depending on the severity. Uh, fungal acne is actually one of the reasons why, in fact, your so-called acne may not be responding to traditional over-the-counter treatment as well. So if you have both fungal acne and acne, treatments for both will be initiated simultaneously. Now, examples of treatments that are highly effective for whiteheads or closed comedones, as we call it, would be retinoids. Retinoids are derived from vitamin A and they work by regulating the rate of cell turnover. So this is useful in the skin model uh, where we understand whitehead formation essentially as a result of retention of dead skin cells around each follicle or pore as um, most of us uh, laypersons would understand it as. Um, and essentially, this leads to a buildup of debris, uh, bacteria, uh, grime, essentially a breeding environment uh, for more acne pimples to form. So retinoids actually help to 
increased rate of cell turnover at the surface, reducing this phenomenon of follicular plugging. So with that, essentially, your skin will have less dead skin cells to work with um, that end up producing this debris, the breeding ground for bacteria. So we've actually gone quite in-depth into um, the specific type of pimple that uh, we are most familiar with, whiteheads or closed comedones in today's episode. I will be moving on to the other subtypes of acne in the next episode. And uh, what these entail, uh, blackheads, pustules, papules, says how different are they from the blind pimple that we've discussed in today's episode? And what treatments are more suited for these types of pimples if they do indeed exist? That's it for today. And as always, I would love if you remember to leave us a five-star rating if you enjoyed today's podcast, because it will help the podcast reach more people. With that, I'm wishing you a happy holiday season until the next episode.